All right, we are live. Um, today, I have got my friend, Josh Day from Abilene. He is a friend of mine that I met back at ACU, and he is currently a youth minister there in Abilene, and wanted to bring him on today and have him give a little bit of insight into his experiences as uh, being a sibling of a person who has a disability. So, uh, Josh, I want to welcome you today, and I'll Thanks. let you uh, have the the floor for a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, and, yeah. And uh, go from there. Sounds good. I'm excited to be here with y'all. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm a youth minister here in Abilene. Uh, grew up in Katy, Texas, where... My uh, my family is currently still. Um, as Brian said, I have a sister that has uh, some disabilities. Uh, it's a very rare chromosomal disorder that I don't know the name of. My parents have told me like one time, but it's super long. Um, uh, mostly her lower body functioning uh, is limited. Uh, running, she runs a little funny, you know, uh, and that's fine and it's good. And she's she does stuff to help with that. And uh, mentally, you know, she's not quite on the level of age that she is, but uh, you can't hardly tell that. But it, it's been it's been an interesting time getting to to grow up with with Shelby is her name. Awesome. Um, tell us, um, you know, when you guys were younger and, and um, also is. Uh, Tell us about a little bit about the age gap between you guys and yeah. talk talk a little bit about when you guys were younger, what that looked like for you guys uh, when you were kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so she's three years older than me. Um, <clears throat> and growing up, really nothing was was different. I, you know, I grew up with her. I was born after her. So I wasn't wasn't there or a part of anything part of the diagnosis um just who she was was who she was um we went to speech therapy and things like this and that was just part of our lives um we play just like any other brother and sister we fight like any other brother and sister um we get along just like any other brother and sister uh so yeah it was it was normal if if you would uh which i think from an outside view, you might not know or think about it being a normal childhood. Um, it wasn't until as I grew up and later on in life that I really understood and knew that there, there was a disability or there was something slightly different and special about Shelby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit more about when that realization happened for you and Tell us uh, some about, like, um, what were the changes that you realized once you had that realization that things weren't quote-unquote normal? Yeah, um, and that's really hard for me to, to place an exact exact point. I'm sure as I grew up, I slowly, like, caught things here and there that how she acted was a little different than, than how I might act, or the schoolwork she was doing was similar to mine or maybe eventually slightly behind. So I would probably say when I like really, really like noticed and acknowledged it was probably seventh or eighth grade. Um, no, I don't know if that's that specific or not. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't remember 
like really, oh, here's this. And I don't remember my parents sitting me down and be like, hey, you know, your sister has these these things going on because um, it was just a part of my life. So, yeah. And but as as I as I learned and realized that uh, like we she rides a, for a therapeutic riding program uh, to help with her her walking and running and and stuff like that. Um, it was just what we did on Wednesdays was we got in the van and Shelby got to go ride horses. Uh, it was just like I on Tuesday nights would go and play baseball. It was just what we did, you know? So I don't know when that exact realization was. Okay. Um, awesome. And, and you and I kind of in preparation, uh, for this and just me getting to know you as long as I have, uh, you've mentioned before that you and your sister, uh, had, uh, some experience in the Special Olympics as well. Yes, um, yeah. Tell us, tell us more about that. Yeah. Uh, so my sister is a part of the Katie Wolf Pack. Uh, I honestly don't remember when she started doing that. Uh, it was probably after she graduated high school, um, and she got involved with the Katie Wolf Pack, uh, and she is super involved. She swims. She does golf she does softball she does basketball she does bowling she's uh going this weekend to state for track um and so that was it was a fun time when she first started doing the special olympics uh she started out i I can't remember the first thing i got to go watch her do i feel like it was probably softball and just getting to go and and watch her team go out there and just play softball uh how they play softball you know, it was it was a fun time. Uh, she had a blast. She loves winning, uh, and you know everybody likes to win. Everybody likes to get that gold medal. But she, when she gets a medal, she's proud of it. She probably doesn't stop wearing that medal and showing it off until the next next time she gets another medal. Um, she's she's very proud of her her sports accomplishments, and it's it's fun. It's great to watch. I because I love sports so. Well. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, before she had gotten involved in the Special Olympics, had you ever been around a group of people with disabilities that large before? Probably not quite that large because that the Special Olympics weekends, the area, the district meets and uh, competitions and stuff, are, it's a lot of people gathered in one place. Uh, but uh, she was a part of, oh, goodness best buddies in, in junior high and high school. And, uh, so I'd been to best buddies dances with her, um, where their, their, uh, buddies and them get to go and have a good time. So I'd been around a group that was a large group, but not, uh, not quite as large as special Olympics. Um, she also did, like I mentioned before, she, she rides for therapeutic riding program and competes in the top hands horse show at the Houston rodeo almost every year. It, it used to be every year. Uh, now she kind of alternates between that and special Olympics horseback. Um, but that's a, that's a large gathering of people as well. Um, so yes, uh, I would say I have, um, awesome. so yeah. Um, <clears throat> what would you say are some of the difficult parts of navigating a relationship with, uh, someone like your sister who, um, has a disability? Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great question. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I think difficulty could be 
understanding where they're coming from. Um, meaning if they say something or if they're joking around, sometimes I'm like, Shelby, what are you even doing? Like, I don't, I don't even get this. Uh, like what's, what's the point? Um, so seeing their viewpoint, I would say it could be one of the, the harder things. Um, and then remembering that even though she's three years older than me, like that she's almost 30, that she is still kind of a kid um, when it comes to the, the functionality at times. Not all the time. She's very, she's very mature and very high-functioning person. But there are times that, you know, she, you, you see her and she's goofing around just like a kid would be. But honestly, I mean, I'm a youth minister, so I'm the same way. But mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you, have, you just have to remember that, like, oh, that's just who she is. And I would, mm-hmm. I would say that for most people. It's just learning who they are uh, as, as you interact with them and, and knowing mm-hmm. that that's how things are going to be. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any... And it, and it sounds like you guys have a pretty healthy relationship, which is awesome. Is there any differences in not necessarily just being brother and sister, just navigating a general relationship of someone with a disability? Is there any differences, you would say, in that type of relationship versus, uh, say, you know, just, you know, friends that you would meet in, in school or people you do ministry with or that kind of thing? Yes, uh, I think you have to be more cautious isn't quite the, the word I'm looking for, um, but acknowledge the difficulties they might have. Um, and sometimes we, we go through our lives as someone who doesn't have a disability. I don't, I don't think about the difficulties that people have. Um, it wasn't like... Uh, when I met you and we were pledging and stuff and we had talked about ACU and how unwheelchair accessible the campus was. And it wasn't until I had talked to you and noticed that, like I noticed because you had mentioned it and we had talked about it. I'm like, wow, this is, you're right. It is. And now because we've talked about that, I see that whenever I go anywhere, it's not just mm-hmm. at, at our college campus. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think having, having relationships, you have to, learn what the difficulty for them might be and then also not be scared to mention it in the sense of mm-hmm. like hey i acknowledge that this is something that's that's hard for you um this sucks like they, this school or this this place should really fix that or oh yeah math's hard math's hard for me too um so mm-hmm. i think that would be the biggest difference um and it's it's different because it sometimes is a, a, a physical thing that you can see and you can acknowledge that that difficulty. Um, whereas with someone that that doesn't have have that, uh, it might not be able to acknowledge it right off the bat. Um, where you you would look at me and like, yeah, I've got some difficulties in my life, but you you're not going to see that. I don't have that, mm-hmm. that physical outlook that you can see and. So I think that would probably be the the biggest thing. Mm. And if if you could give a word of advice that somebody may not be thinking of, you know, in ways to better relate to their siblings 
who may have, you know, varying levels of disability. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of advice would you give someone in that situation? Um, I would say this, this is going to kind of be a little, little interesting, weird. It's okay to be selfish sometimes. Um, growing up with Shelby, she got to do all these, these things and, and my parents focused on her a lot. She struggled in school. Uh, it was harder for her than it was for me. I, I was lucky and I'm, was pretty, pretty well, uh, rounded in school and didn't struggle that much. Uh, there are some areas, um, but there were times that I could tell that she was getting more attention than me. And I didn't really acknowledge it until one time when I just like was just done with school and everything. I just couldn't take it anymore. It was killing me. I felt like uh, all the attention was going to Shelby and I wasn't getting any help. Now that wasn't the case at all, but sometimes it's okay to be selfish and it's okay to like talk to your parents. If, if you're in that, that point in your life that Mm -hmm. you're in high school or whatever. Um, And even, even as an adult, uh, you know, Shelby still lives with my parents and they, they take her and do all these things. And like, that's, I hear about it a lot. And so sometimes it's like, Hey, don't forget. I do things too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's hard, it's hard as a sibling of someone that has has some some disability that to to feel like it's okay to to say that or to feel that way, um, right? And so I would encourage like don't don't be too shy about it. It's it's okay. People may not realize that you're there too. You know, in in mm-hmm. high school, like I got to high school and I had teachers that my sister had had and like. Oh, you're Shelby's brother. I didn't know she had a brother. I'm like, right? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm here in the shadows because she's such uh-huh. an awesome person, you know. Um, and that didn't bother me uh, too much, you know. But it's just one of those things. You kind of mm-hmm. you, you go with it, but don't be too scared to to speak up sometimes. Right, and I think just parenting in general, when uh, we have, you know, of course, you and I don't have kids yet, but I can only imagine being a parent with a child of who has a disability. It's a natural reaction to, you know, focus on them because they naturally need more exactly. of our attention, more of our help. Um, but like you said, for somebody that's, you know, on the other side of that equation too, that's still trying to vie for their parents' attention and, you know, um, trying to just be noticed really when it comes down to it. Um, yeah. that definitely could be tough. Um, I know, you know, myself, you know, having spina bifida, <clears throat> I, I kind of was in Shelby's shoes as well. You know, growing up, I did a whole lot of stuff and, um, you know, got to have some neat opportunities, uh, yeah. because of my disability and, you know, my parents were very supportive along the way and I can see how, um, uh, he he probably would never say this, but just naturally, um, you know, my brother uh, having to kind of carve his own own way of of who he is. I can definitely see from your ex- your perspective um, that would be difficult. Um, yeah, it it can be. So that's that's definitely uh, something to consider. Um, what would you say is the best part of having a sister who has a disability? 
What what have you gained that you don't think you would have gained any other way? Um, so many things. Uh, first off, comfortableness. Um, being comfortable around a group of people that have disabilities. Um, I've been around it my life, all my life. Um, and so it's just a norm for me. It's not out of the ordinary if I met somebody and like they introduce themselves and then they have a, have a, happen to have a disability. Like it doesn't make me uncomfortable because I was blessed to get to grow up with somebody that had a disability um, and get to go to things where there were several people. And so I, I am used to how, how people interact um, at functions like that. And so that, that's a, that's a blessing. Um, and then just the, the knowledge that everybody is a person. Um, one of the, like, big things one of the one of the movements i really like is the the movement to end the r word uh really mm -hmm. focusing on on people first language mm -hmm. and and i love whenever i see something and like somebody talks about people first i'm like yes it's not it's not the the downs kid at the grocery store it's the kid at the grocery store that happens to have downs and then mm -hmm. honestly take it beyond that it's the kid at the grocery store you know mm -hmm. um if you have to mention the disability, fine, um, but be sure that you acknowledge that they're a person first and then, like, they happen to have this disability, whatever it might be. And so um, getting, growing up with that, like, it just, like, Shelby was Shelby, their, her disability, like, I don't even know the name of it, you know, so, like, I, and she doesn't let the disability define her, and I definitely don't, um, and that, I think that's part of why I never have really cared to learn the name, because, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, like she's, she, she has a hard time, like her, her walking, her gait pattern isn't the same as everyone, anyone, but honestly, nobody's gait pattern is exactly the same. Um, mm -hmm. but anyway, so yeah. Uh, awesome. If, if you could snap your fingers and change something about, um, things Shelby has had to go through, um, is there anything that you would change for her? That's a, an interesting question. Um, I mean, I would probably say no. Uh, ultimately, there's there's things that as a brother that that, that frustrate me, um, bullying and things like that, and and bullying. We all deal with bullying of at some level, um, and it's it's easy to bully somebody that you get a reaction from almost immediately um sure shelby's very like she she reacts and so she dealt with that in high school and but i also i know that that's that's made her who she is uh those those things everything that she's done uh has made her who she is and she comes out stronger on the other side she's she's dealt with some stuff pretty recently that um has has been slightly a blessing in disguise she is uh so on top of competing for special olympics she is also a global messenger so she got to go to austin for the capital days and uh lobby to the the council people and and 
talk to them about the bills that are trying to get more funding for Special Olympics. And so through just some things that happened and, and stuff like that, and it wasn't wasn't necessarily good things, but this has come out of that. And it's it's a blessing and it's, it's awesome. And it's exactly what she should be doing because she's such an outspoken person. She loves to talk. Uh, mm. You know, growing up in the grocery store, mom, we'd like be walking away and she, my mom would be like, where'd Shelby go? I was like, well, I think she's still talking to that lady on aisle three. Like, and she would be, they like, she'd have them held captive, just talking to them. Uh, <laughs> so the things, just everything that she's been through and has done and gotten to do has definitely just continued to shape who she is. That's, that's a really key insight. I think you have, um, is because I think people, uh, you know, on the outside looking in on the life of a person with a disability, the first reaction they're typically going to have is, oh, I'm sorry that person lives that way because they can't do X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. or they can't do X, Y, or Z the same way I do X, Y, or Z. Therefore, I conclude that their quality of life must be a lot less than I. Right. Mine. Yeah. So, so to have that kind of insight is really key, and I think a, a very powerful message that in spite of things that we go through, and, and I say we, just people in general, yeah. in spite of things that we go through, whether it be disability or relationship problems or you know financial issues, just the things that are beyond our control, that doesn't always you know, mean a whole lot because we still have value. And one of the pet peeves that I have is that, uh, you know, I tell, you know, if I meet somebody online and they've never met me face to face before, I I tell them that I have spina bifida. I can't tell you how many times I've had the reaction of, you know, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And when they actually get to know me and, you know, my response to that is, don't be because here's let me tell you why and then i get to explain all the cool things that i've gotten to do you know the basketball that i played as a kid or you know the councils that i've been able to 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 be on to advise people that you know are starting a new program something like that that they would never have the insight unless they had somebody like me uh to guide them along and think things differently um, it's just really interesting to see people's reaction when, when I say, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, bitter about my disability. I don't hold resentment to our creator for creating me the way that he did, right. um, because there's been so many awesome things that have come from it. And, and I think you know, just having the right mentality. And it sounds like you and your family and Shelby have nailed it pretty (laughs) well. Um, as far as having the right mentality of, you know, if there's a way to do something, let's find a way to do it. And let's not, you know, let disabilities stop us from, you know, having a great quality of life. So there's definitely something, uh, beneficial to be said there. Um, to to not wanting to necessarily change our life situations, but you know, learn from them and embrace them really, because right. like I said, there's a whole lot of good that can that can come 
from different, you know, just being diverse, really, when it yes. comes down to it. Um, so that's definitely, uh, I'm glad you said that. Um, if I just lost my train of thought, um, sorry about that. But anyway, mm-hmm. if, um, if you could go back and do anything differently, um, with your sister, and this is just, uh, a, a um, a general question. This may just be, you know, sibling interactions. Um, if you could have handled a uh, situation differently uh, with your sister, uh, what would that have looked like? Oh, I would probably more patience. Um, just getting frustrated because maybe I don't have anything specific, but I know that I would get angry about whatever it might be. Like, well, why'd you do that? Like, gosh. Uh, and that was, I'm sure it was more before I really knew that I, I, I understood, I would say, maybe not knew, but understood what her disability brought to the table. Um, so probably more patience, just, it can be hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and even, even now there's, there's times that I'm like, okay, Shelby, like, stop. Like, mm-hmm. you you know better than this. Like, there's no reason for you to be acting how you're acting or doing what you're doing right now. Um, just just stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then then I catch myself. I'm like, really, Josh? Like, you know, you know better than this. Um, and so it, patience is I mean, it's tough with with lots of things. I mean, um, I'm, I'm a youth minister. You need patience to do that. But, you know, it, it goes away sometimes. So uh, mm-hmm. That's definitely something I wish I could could change a little bit to to understand and and know the importance of that that patience and what it what it would do to the to, to the relationship how how it would improve it even more than it than it has you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's you know I think that's true for everybody yeah <laughs> we, yeah. we we need more patience in relationships just in general. But I can definitely see that, you know, navigating a relationship with somebody that that doesn't function the same way that that, um, you know, quote unquote, normal people do. Yeah, I know. Which, I always hate hate normal like it's such a hard like you can't say that, but there's not a better word that comes to my mind. Usually I just so I try to just say other people, you know, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Three off a little bit there. But yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> that's true. And in in language. I myself am learning, you know, how to use language differently just no. because, you know, growing up, I, you know, I always referred to myself as disabled and right. I always referred to myself as being, uh, you know, being in a wheelchair um, and that kind of thing when, you know, uh, you know, my confidence may not have been, you know, as high as it could have been uh, later on. And, and I just didn't see myself in the same way, and and I let my disability define it, right, define yeah. who I was. Um, so just learning learning to refer to myself as a person with a disability, just like I would refer to somebody as you know a person with blue eyes, a person right. with brown hair, or you know a person who has a stutter, or a person who has a lisp. Um, was definitely 
you know, eye-opening and, and, you know, life-changing for me just because, you know, I didn't always say, see myself, you know, that way. And it was honestly pretty hurtful to, to you know, see my disability first. Yeah. And the thing is, is in what I gather uh, from hearing you talk over the last few, few minutes is, Learning to see people first and um, see who they are, you know, in spite of all the nuances of how they live, mm-hmm. they won't begin to see themselves that way until others can see themselves that way. Yeah. So, you know, community is is so important, I would think, and... You know, things such as, you know, the horse riding that your sister has done, mm-hmm. the the Special Olympics, the, you know, the council that she's been able to, to, to be on to talk about different laws. That just having that support of seeing me as a person first and seeing what all I can do and then seeing my disability, it kind of gives a lot higher level of respect to uh, everybody around us, I would say, um, just because, you know, we don't see ourselves as that, you know, person, oh, they're in a wheelchair. Yeah, but that doesn't stop them from giving themselves, you know, the life that they want to live. Right. So I think that's important as, you know, as somebody from the outside looking in, on the disabled community, give them the freedom to be themselves and also um, you know, kind of like you were saying with, you know, allow yourself to be selfish. I think it would also be important to allow the disabled community to you know, have opportunities. Let them, and I think this this is hard for for family members of people with disabilities, sometimes we just got to let people fail. Yes. And, yeah. Um, letting them fail lets them learn. Lets them learn what they're capable of. Even right. though you know, on the outside looking in, we may see that from a mile away. Until they see it from themselves, they may not get it. And mm-hmm. so, and I think that's something that's hard for people. Uh, who may not be in this situation to do. 100%. Um, They can't really, they want to, you know, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, they, they, because they feel sorry for those people, they want to change situations that they're in and make them, make them quote unquote comfortable. When in reality, making them comfortable would just be allowing them to do what they want to do. Um, Give you an example. I was actually at the grocery store um, about a week ago. And in the span of, I kid you not, about a minute and a half, I had just, I was just in the aisle looking at food and not even necessarily looking at stuff on high shelves. I was just, you know, letting my eyes scan around, look at the shelves. And in the span of minute, minute and a half, I had three different people asking me if they could help me read something. <laughs> and 
and I just I was polite, but I said, you know, no. I'm right. just trying. I'm trying to figure out: do I want black beans or do I want kidney beans? That's really all I'm thinking right now. Mm-hmm. And and people think they're think they're being nice and doing something good, and yes, they are, but also they're hindering and looking down on you. Uh huh. Yeah. It's such well, a, it, it can be a fine line for, for people to walk if they're not, not in a community, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And it was funny to see their reactions when I was just like, no, I'm okay. I'm just trying to decide, you know, this or this. And they were just like, oh, and they just kept going. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was interesting to see, you know, people that quickly were so eager to, to want to jump in. Yeah. And they completely just were blown away when they saw my reaction. Yeah. If you needed help, you would ask, you know, like that's, that's the thing. You don't, they don't have to be the, the person to ask. If you needed something, if you, if you weren't able to reach something, you would ask somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. So has your sister gotten that a lot with others, you know, wanting to help her and then send um, them out? I wouldn't say so because Shelby's one, uh, her, her disability, you can't really tell. Um, you, you'll be able to tell, like, once you start talking to her, you'll, you'll probably pick up on like, oh, she, she has a disability. Um, now does Shelby milk that like people, she knows that people will help her out more because of her disability. Oh yeah. Like she gets people to do stuff for all the time. Um, but you know, is that, is that what, what is that? You know, it's like, Hey, she's, she sees, she sees a loophole and she's working it. And I don't know that I can be frustrated about that. Um, one of her, her most common, she's really math is not her strong subject in the least bit. Like you could ask her how much money she has, if she has enough money to, to buy something and she'd be like, well, I only have, uh, I only have a 20. Well, it, it only costs $9. And, but she's like, I only have a 20. Um, and then you like have her get her wallet out or whatever, and you look in it, and you're like, Shelby, you have you have twelve ones here. Um, <laughs> you're fine. Like, but she she can get people to pay for things um, based off of of that because she'll be like, well, I, I only have. Um, but uh, you know, it, sometimes I would get frustrated with my parents because I'd be like, she can do that. Why are you doing that for her? Mm. She she's fully capable, and sometimes it's easier, especially like maybe it's getting around the house and we're trying to leave, and she like she hasn't done something that needs to be done um, before we go or whatever. And, and like it's easier, it's easier for the whole family if we just do it. Like, but she can do it. Like we don't need to do it for her. She's she's very capable. Um, and so now, like I, like I said earlier, my sister is very high functioning. So that, that is, this is different. Uh, the cases are different for different people. And so I, I'm not saying don't, don't do anything for anybody, but you know, as, as you have a relationship with them and learn like what they can and can't do, um, you can, you're better able and let them ask you as a person that like, I don't have a disability, let, let someone ask me, I don't need to ask because as soon as I ask, I'm assuming that they can't do it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that it can be frustrating. Even, 
uh, even my wife, Ariel, uh, she, she doesn't hate or, or have a problem with, but people will ask her like, Oh, do you have that? Like if she's carrying something, well, we do CrossFit and she's very strong. Like she can carry almost anything. And so like, she's like, why do people assume that I can't do these things? And I'm like, well, they're not, they're, we're in the South. They're being polite. Um, but she's like, yeah, but it feels like they're assuming that I can't carry this, you know? And so that happens even with people who don't have disabilities. So maybe as a, as a society, we need to let people ask us for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's huge. Um, just because there's a very fine line in, you know, being nice and stepping in when somebody needs help and yes. not, and, you know, just being nice or are you impeding their independence really? Cause mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. When we, when we assume that somebody can't do something by asking them if they need help, yeah. that's really just impeding their independence. Um, and, and that's, you know, like you said, something we as a society can definitely do better at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I get I get what you mean, though, as as far as milking it, because I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and say I have never done that because, I mean, there's been, <laughs> there's been times that it was raining and I needed to get gas. And so I would just call the gas station attendant from inside from my truck. Be like, hey, I'm at pump five and I need some help getting some gas. Can you help me at the pump? And and I would just get them to pump my gas for me. Yeah. Um, So it's just little things like that that I can definitely agree that, you know, we need to to have good enough relationships that we're able to see when, you know, somebody can do something Mm -hmm. and somebody genuinely needs help, though. Because yes, that's yeah. that's crucial because, you know, the end goal and I think and, and, and everybody agrees that we want everybody to be, you know, on l- the level playing field. So with that goal in mind, like I said, we've got to be able to, you know, decipher <laughs> when somebody genuinely needs assistance and when somebody's just being lazy, because that's really all it comes down to is just being lazy. Right. So. I think, you know, we've got to do better at that. We've got to have the kind of relationships that foster, you know, open and honest communication. And, you know, we've got to have the senses, uh, the wherewithal to uh, be be able to spot people when they're being, you know, fake about what they can and can't do. So that's definitely important. Um, I think the the important part, too, is having relationships. You have to take a step out of your comfort zone. Uh, for some people, for me, it's not so much out of my comfort zone, but for some people being friends or having any kind of relationship with someone who has a disability is, is not a norm for them. They didn't grow up around that. They don't know what that even looks like. And so, um, I think that's, that's even really where we have to start is you have to have a relationship and then from there you're able to do these other things. And so Mm -hmm. I, it, it's hard. It's I get it. Comfort is a is a good thing, but to be a, a a great person, you sometimes have to step out of that comfort zone. So, comfort is a good thing as long as we don't stay in it too long. Yeah, exactly. Because um, because we need we need those periods of you know familiarity 
Um, but like I said, once we stay in them too long, then you know our our worldview becomes stagnant, and and that's just not a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, Josh, we are getting to the end of our uh, podcast. Is there any closing remarks that you'd like our audience to know before we wrap this up? You know, um, it's it's truly it, it it is a blessing to have a sibling that has disabilities. Um, it is not only opened my eyes and my mind, but my world um, and and her world. Uh, it's she's done amazing things. She's met amazing people, um, people that I will probably never get to meet. Famous athletes in the Houston area um, because of who she is. Uh, I. My freshman year in college, we were asked to write a definition paper, and I chose the word disability, and I redefined it as ability. Um, and I think that's what the world should remember: is anybody that might have something that prevents them from doing something what what we would consider the normal way or the the way that the average way even um, they have an ability. They have an ability to do things not only in a different way and have a new uh, perspective on it, but an ability to get to do amazing things that I, I will never get to do. Um, so I hope that, that people remember that and, and know that if they're a sibling of someone uh, that has a disability, that they're truly blessed. Awesome. Well, that's, that's great. And sounds like you guys have a great attitude and, and that's um, really, really key. So you are definitely uh, to be commended for that, Josh. Thank you. Um, well, I want to thank you for uh, hanging out with us for some time and uh, giving us your insight on what it's been like to, to be a sibling of Shelby who has a disability. Yeah. And um, your thoughts are, are awesome. And, and uh, I hope that our audience, well, I know they have just because I have from listening to you, but We've we've all been uh, uh, highly benefited from hearing uh, your perspective. So well, thank, thank you, you for that. Awesome. Yes, anytime. All right. Well, that will conclude our episode for today. Want to thank our listeners for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Talk to you later.